to Fake Movie Experts, the movie review podcast that breaks down a movie franchise one movie at a time, and we are doing the Austin Powers trilogy this week. We will be doing Austin Powers, the spy who shagged me. I am your host, Joseph Lessel. I'm alongside here with Ricky Marcelli. Get in my belly! And the uh, ghost from Christmas past, the fat bastard... Of the group, Keith Swallow. We got the we got the energy today. We got the resident impression guy to my right. We got the lore master to my left. We got the vibes flowing. We're doing this shit in person. We got our dicks out. It's great. Yeah, dicks out. I got my Dwayne the Rock Johnson tequila. Yeah. Go on. And um, I got some good content for us. I hope you do. I'm gonna do a, a live, ta- live taste test here and let y'all know what I think. He's not even in this movie. What are we doing right it's now? It's Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Doing, We're um, doing The Rock, man. Live taste test. The Rock. You mm. know The Rock? I would totally Give love to do The Rock. See what I did there? Give it a shot? Because he's going to... I hope uh, I accidentally ASMR'd there for you there, and you heard the gulp. <laughs> you, you hear my wet lips together. It's Bro- a dangerous tequila because Bro- it's really smooth. It's delicious. Yeah. It's delightful. Good hey, job. You Good can job, get Dwayne. fucked up on that tequila. Oh, it's yeah. dangerous. And that's why it's ranked number one in the... Tequila Te- Weekly? Mm, yeah. Register Guard. Register Guard. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, um, excited to be here. Ready to talk about this movie and see if uh, my perspectives have changed. I remember as a boy, it was my favorite. So I'm super stoked to talk about it. Yep. Awesome Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me, came out June 11th, 1999, with a runtime of one hour and 35 minutes. So a tight 90. Love a tight 90. Uh, once again, directed by Jay Roach. Uh, once again, stars Mike Myers as Awesome Powers and Dr. Evil. Um, but, uh, where is he? Vanessa Kensington, played by Elizabeth Hurley. He's only in it for one scene. We'll get to that in a bit. I'm excited for some lore. There's probably some lore there. I've been trying to find that all, all day. <laughs> uh, Heather Graham joins this movie. Uh, returning uh, Robert Ragnar, Michael York, Seth Green, Mindy Sterling. A young number two. Start as uh, Rob Lowe and Vern Troyer as Mini Me. I will call him Mini Me. Hey, should we do a, a prayers up for Vern? Is he dead? He is. Yes, dead. he is dead. Okay, we'll That's actually it. one of the reasons they say that they don't know if they can do the fourth one is because he's gone. They don't know if they can do it without him. Yeah. So uh, a, a prayers up and a sip of Dwayne the Rock Johnson's tequila for uh, for, for Vern. I would uh, give me. Let me get my beer. Oh, wait, that's empty. That's not mine. <laughs> oh, there it is. I can help you out here when we get to an opportune moment and I can walk away. Well. <laughs> so I remember watching this movie in theaters, I think like twice. I do remember the first time I do- was doing it, uh, there was like three people in the um, theater. Because I went and saw it like three weeks after it came out. Did you see it in the morning or something? No, it was like a two o'clock... Uh, Keith, I'm going to out you on the podcast. Hold the goddamn mic up to your mouth. I'm sorry. I, was, I wasn't even talking. Are you blowing me up over here? <laughs> well, since you're not used to talking to a mic, there's a little thing there, that little square right there with the logo. Talk yeah. into that. Don't have it underneath your lips and then go. There you go. Okay. Yep. Everyone, this is a, you're all witness to some really cool <laughs> shit right now. I was uh, just tired of Joe trying to fix it for you with being quiet so and you not listening <laughs> well and the thing is i told you the last time we did this in person too and you just blatantly ignored, ignored it takes that. me uh three times to learn something i hope so you have to be told something three <laughs> times before you won't listen hey, anymore accidentally did a reference hell yeah uh did you guys watch this movie in theaters when it first came out i don't remember dude it was so i don't think so this was again in that time period where like my mom probably would have been like no nah, you can't go see that movie in theaters I don't. I think I, Joe. I probably went with you to see it. I was going to say. I feel like it was you, or either you or Dylan, that we saw in theaters with like three people in the theater. Because we ran around the theater for a bit until uh, um, like somebody showed up. Yeah, it was like one of our. Then our parents gave us fifty cents to use at the yep. phone booth to call them to come pick us up. Yep. And then uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't have any memories of this in theater. I do have memories of watching this movie like. Once a week, yeah. When I was younger, when it came out, I loved, loved, loved this movie. 
Just because it was the, they introduced Fat Bastard in it, and that was such a game changer. <laughs> I mean, I feel me. like Mini Me was the real game changer. Mini, eh. Mini Me was at the fine. time, yes, but now this time around, it's Fat Bastard for at me. The, well, and even at the time for me, because Fat Bastard did fart jokes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> he's so gross he's so yeah and just dude i was legitimately like my stomach was churning during the fucking coffee and the coffee scene oh i love the coffee scene it's a <laughs> bit a bit nutty just thinking about it mm. see that's we're doing this again where I'm, I'm gonna like try to do a little impression and say a line from the movie and that's just the way these austin powers things work i don't know if you can do it any other way like there's so one Everyone fucking knows Austin Powers. Like, who doesn't... I mean, at least for the first two movies, everyone knows these movies. <laughs> like, who doesn't understand what's going on in these movies at this point? Uh, so, Rick, give us a plot breakdown. All right. Boys and girls, non-binary and everything in between, please gather round for the reading of the plot to Austin Powers, the spy who shagged me. Austin Powers, newly single after finding out that his wife Vanessa was in, apparently a fembot the entire time, is back on the market and is looking to prowl. Well, that is until his mojo is stolen. And it is at that point that Austin Powers must go back in time to chase after Dr. Evil to... Get back his mojo and stop the new nefarious plot that Dr. Evil has come up with to take over the world on his Death Star with the <laughs> Alan Parsons Project. Austin Powers, the spy who shagged me. Yeah, that's that's the the, the plot to this one. It's kind of the first one. It, I realized that. <laughs> I honestly realized that the, the, this time around I was watching and I'm like, it's just the first one. All they're doing is they they tweak this, they tweak that, but it's the same. It's the first movie. I mean, to be fair, that's again just a call out to spy th- thrillers, which uh-huh. were just all the Bond movies were. Let's just tweak what the trying to take over the world aspect is, put it in different hot lady and new movie. Because in this movie, uh, Heather Graham's character. Um, Felicity, Felicity Shagwell, Shagwell, she bangs Fat Bastard and goes to the first movie that, you know, Austin bangs uh, a, lot of a, vagina. L- a lot of vagina. Yeah, the same scene. Same thing. And yeah, that I think it's worth addressing now. We should I think we should try to put on the hats of our 13 year old selves or 11 year old selves and try to just straight up compare the leading ladies in this from the brain of a 12 year old. I mean, it's Elizabeth Hurley by like a mile. Like, I didn't hate, like, you had me so prepared in my mind <laughs> to hate Heather Graham in this movie. She was fine. There was I, nothing wrong with Heather Graham in this movie. But, I mean, she's no Elizabeth Hurley in her prime. I like Graham back then. Heather Graham, Heather Gra- and purely, like, from, like, like just pure, like, dumb 12-year-old libido-wise, I think Heather Graham is the winner. Really? However, Over a smoke show Elizabeth Hurley? Yes. Wow. I, I could care less for it's her then. I s- I saw Boogie Nights when I was kind of young. Yep. And I, I like saw her breasts in it, and I was like, oh, this changes, changes some things. Game changer. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't, I don't know what I'm feeling right now. I don't know what's going on, but this is, something's going on here. But um, I think that the Vanessa, what was her last name? Kensington. Vanessa Kensington's character was just better. Like, I thought that the Heather Graham's character, she just did a bunch of like, hey, I'm good at sex a lot. I mean, she played what Heather Graham plays in basically everything, the ditzy but still capable person. Yeah. And then, well, and I think what they were going for in this one is that she's basically just a, like a, a match of Austin Powers that you've met. You've met Austin Powers. I guarantee in a writer's room, they said, all right, uh, we'd like someone to, Austin Powers to meet his match. The so, female American yeah, they met version his, of Austin Powers. Yeah, like shag very well by night. Or what was she, all those lines. Although the, the, the how do you get into those pants line was pretty funny i like that one how does it feel baby yeah um i've been trying to find out why um elizabeth hurley was not in the fir- the sequel because it's pretty clear that it's like there was some fourth wall shit going on there it's- yeah <laughs> but i mean she was still like if it was like we just like there was bad blood or something she still did the movie like she still did her going out bit 
So, like, I wonder if it was just, like... Scheduling or something. Well, it might have just fully been the Bond thing where you don't repeat girls. Like, you move Mm -hmm. on to the next one. That's just how it works. I thought it was a funny way to announce the fact that she's a fembot by Austin trying to... She repeats herself, you know, let's go, I'm going to go get some champagne. I'm going to go get some champagne. And then... Austin watches In Like Flint, his favorite movie, and then... <laughs> oh, In Like Flint. <laughs> yeah, right, In Like Flint. And then he re- hits Rewind, and she's in Rewind, and that still doesn't get him until he turns the sap button on, and then she's speaking in Spanish. Then he finally freaks out. Yeah, I was, that was a good... That was a good. That was an old-timey joke. That was a good joke. I like the remote. Where, where, where do you have those guns? A little foreplay might have got them out. Yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. His Machine re- gun jubblies. His face reaction during that, I've just been like, fair. <laughs> so a a fan theory on Reddit is how Vanessa became a fembot is that in the first movie when she climbs up the stairs when they're stuck in the out in the hallway and he's like you go up there and he turns the car around in that time frame they were able to switch them out that's however that's pretty flimsy it, yeah, it is she gets back and like brings back people to stop dr evil like why would they let that happen it's just a fan theory but then when uh uh basil announces that oh yeah we knew that all along yeah it makes you think that it's just been that way for like like she's always been a A double agent or something Mm -hmm. i mean it clearly was just a way to write him out of his marriage and they never like that they didn't want to go very deep into it yeah, or, and I mean, they literally in the movie break the fourth wall to be like, "Don't fucking overthink any of this shit. Just yeah. laugh at the jokes and be okay with everything." Well, yeah, and he even says like, "Hey, I'm single," and then he do- that's how he starts the dance mm-hmm. while holding <laughs> his dead wife's hand. <laughs> yeah, he claps it. I like that he claps the dead hand. It's it's that yeah, it's that trope of the spy thriller of the fact that well, she is she is dead now, so hey, he can go back to. <laughs> You know, hitting on any woman that he sees and get bang. a sweet dance through the hotel. Spectacular naked. dance. But damn it. my favorite part is when the baby looks up at him. He's like, oh, I should go. Yeah. <laughs> and the, they're cutting the sausage, the lime. Toast. Oh, yeah. God, that was yeah. so funny. Yeah. The, all these. They're all. Yeah. It's just good jokes. The Which fr- younger me did not understand. <laughs> but now I'm like, ha, he got his foreskin cut. Yeah. The first time watching this, I died laughing for the um, Jerry Springer. Oh my god, the Springer bit was Springer is bit. still fucking hilarious. Scotty, uh, you know what does your dad do? Well, he tried to take over the world. Is he here? No. Well, guess what, Scotty? He's here. I remember I saw that movie enough times to where that was like a boring part to me in the movie when I was younger, and then watching it again just last night, that shit was so funny. With Jerry I got Springer. your hat. I got your hat. Yeah. And then over here, mother. They're masters at the beeps. The Austin Powers folks, all the producers and the sound people, they're so good. When he was yelling at the KKK member, was he like yelling that like you came out of your mom's ass, like you were born out of your mom's (laughs) ass, something like that? Because you were born out of your beep ass, your mom beeping ass or something. She's like, "What is going on?" My favorite part of that though was when Jerry like finally got everything calmed down. I was like, "Get this guy out of here!" And then he attacks him. <laughs> you son of a bitch! <laughs> so good. And the whole like, the, the, such he's a good... biting me. He's biting me. And Seth Green like went to acting school between these two movies. He was so good because he, his like setup thing was like, "Yeah, my dad like went away. And he's frozen in uh, frozen in space uh, uh, in orbit." Well, guess what, Scotty. <laughs> Like, that that whole lead up to it too though where like this guy just like sits and like i think it was un like a control center just watching issues across the planet and he's just like yeah sure bolivia's going down but jerry springer <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's like sir there's an issue over here i think it was, it was, it was nice to bring michael mcdonald back for that too yeah <laughs> every time you say that i just want to <laughs> i was just think of stewart <laughs> Look what I can do. Yep. I wish I wish that we could uh do an episode on Mad TV. I don't know Good how we do days. it. That's yeah. not a movie it's though. It's not a movie or a series. I mean it's a series, but not a series of movies. <sighs> uh the original <laughs> script for this movie is gonna be called Awesome Powers 2, The Wrath of Khan. Um the narrator then will talk about the t- title eventually say due to the lawsuit, the movie was renamed to Austin Pussy. God, that would have been so good. But then the narrator would say that they need to change the title to obtain a PG-13 title, so that's why The Spy Who Shagged Me was, is now the title. <laughs> that's one thing I've been thinking as I've watched through these movies, is like, 
would these be better with an R rating? I'd like if you could add a few more swearing and like a little bit of nudity in there or like would that kind of destroy what it ends up being? That's a good question. I think it's rare that the PG-13 comedy works on a like a raunchy funny scale, but Austin Powers, Mike Myers does it. Like I think I I wouldn't like this if they could say like the F word a bunch. Like I, I don't think it'd be as good. I, I like it being tamed. Yeah, it's funnier because it's like Austin Powers is sort of like He's not like that great at his job, but he always succeeds. They kind of just know how to play the lines with yeah. it to where like it's offensive without like crossing the line to up their rating. Like the fat bastard sex scene was just so grotesque. Oh, with the chicken leg and the putting the probe in his butt. I like oh. the probe in his butt and he gets all excited. Oh, <laughs> frisky. Ollie. I can't do a Scottish accent. No. Uh, speaking <laughs> of frisky. Uh, Heather Graham was asked to audition for this role at, uh, at Mike Myers' uh, request because this saved her for going into a porn career. Uh, before this movie, uh, she was seriously considering accepting a major part in a softcore lesbian movie after not having any mean, meaningful films in this uh, close to the year and a half. Uh, the first thing she did after getting this role was buying a copy of the movie that she was supposed to be in. That's awesome. Aw, good job, Heather. Damn it, now I'm a big fan of Heather Graham. That's a good way to just own your career. She's done some cool movies in the past. Heather Graham's had an all right career. I've enjoyed her more in the TV roles. Like, she was really good in Scrubs. Oh, she was in Scrubs? Yeah. Yeah, she had a, like, pivotal role in Scrubs. I I never watched it. Excuse me? I know. And then, wasn't she in Bowfinger? What's that? It's... uh, yeah, it's Bowfinger. Yeah, yeah, she was good in that. Yeah, she was the in, in that one too. Uh, not knocked up. She was in Hangover. 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 Ooh, yep. Hangover Did we Hangover see her three. tits in Hangover? Yeah, yes. she was breastfeeding. Right, not <laughs> not sexy. Yeah, it was just like some anatomical stuff. It was just some like human. It was yeah. just human breasts. Uh, <laughs> I guess Catherine Zeta Jones was considered for her role. Also, would have been good. I just can't picture that. She she feels too talented for this for the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um. One of the favorite things is they brought back the sh- moment in this movie. However, they t- tweaked it a little bit by doing zip it. Yeah. Zip they, it. Would you like a suckle of my zipple? They yeah, did sh- later too, though. They yeah. did both. A uh, zip it. A uh, zip it. Good. You must zip it. Zip it. Yeah, while we're still going off on the some of the lines we liked, they, yep. they pulled out the old uh, what the French call a certain I don't know what <laughs> line in this. So when was, that came out, I was like, oh, yeah, that's a good one. I, I, I was like that old joke. And then, and, uh, well, they do, this movie clearly had a bigger budget to me. It, like, looked Oh, yeah, good. it looked better. It like, just it had, was like, a nice cleaner. look to it. Uh, they had Rebecca Romaine before the Stamos. Oh, yeah, that was weird, because right. when she introduced herself, I'm like, stay Stamos. Isn't nope. she back to Rebecca Romaine, though? Yeah, Didn't she, she drop is. the statement? It's that or Conway. Uh, uh, Ladies and gentlemen, Mrs. Conway Twitty. <laughs> uh, Rebecca. I think she's Re- Ramone. I think she's went back. Yeah, she's Re- Re- Rebecca Romaine, even though she's with Jerry O'Connor now. It was very weird to just hear. Jerry O'Connor. Oh, hey, I'm Rebecca Romaine. Finish it. <laughs> yeah. There's on. just like an an awkward pause there. <laughs> Who? Yeah. What's the chick's name that was in that scene opposite Rebecca Romaine? Uh, Kristen Johnson. She's from Third Rock and the yeah, Sun. Yeah, that's she what good. she's from. She was good. That whole I love that chess scene. Oh, that chess man. scene is so good. Genius. I was sent here to kill you, but I can't do it. See, they're continuing that like superhero theme of Austin Powers. He has just like power. He has like this 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 power over women where he's just like yes, the entire basis of the movie. His yeah. mojo. Oh yeah, yeah. I wanna yeah. hump you. I wanna <laughs> hump a lot. lot. Yeah. Well, Excuse me. Well, I want a toilet made of gold. Yeah, I want a toilet made of gold, but you don't see me. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was good. And what uh, was the yeah? Third Rock in the Sun. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah, yep. sorry, I was just repeating myself. Uh, uh, Will Ferrell's back as Mustafa from the first one as like. Go back in time, and I love. I I think this one's better. This one is for sure better than the uh, first time. Yeah, I, I forgot how fucking funny this version of it was. He gets burnt. He gets sent to a burn pile in the first one and gets shot, and then this one he gets shot off a, a cliff. Uh-huh. Hello, can anybody help me? I am br- I'm I'm really injured right now. I'm really hurt. Um, I'm gonna try to stand up. 
Yeah, and they have time to squeeze in the three question bit with him. They just get to he gets a little more meat. Let me try to stand on this. Ow! Oh, my leg, dude. That hurt me. Like that sounded so mm-hmm. grotesque. All right, I'll try to stand. I'll try it with the other leg. Oh, help me! <laughs> Hello. Hello, anybody there to help me? Oh, God. Oh, and Frau was a little more pronounced in this movie. Yep. Frau was a little bit... She was just... This movie is just... It's a, like, most of the characters are just like a little bit more, which it was pretty good. It helps the development. Yeah. yeah. We got the establishment of what Scott's parents really are. Yeah. He's really not a, uh, <laughs> a test tube. That Jerry Springer bit at the end was so good. Uh-huh. Scott, we're going to bring out your mom. <laughs> so you're saying I'm not a test tube? You are the love child of me and Dr. Evil. <laughs> I like the fact that they go back and, like, that's how they cause. They, we show that since they go back in time to 1968. Uh, no, Joe, they went back to a nice year. No, nice. They went back to 1969, Joe. Yeah, Did it was, they? It was no, a lot funnier. Eight. Yeah, because it was 1999 minus 30, mm. you know. Because I instantly went nice. Yeah. I didn't see anything funny about that date myself. I don't either. Uh, <laughs> uh, we see a young. Sorry for you. We see a young number two. Uh, number two survives the fire. They, I love how they don't even like bring that up. Like he's just there and he has some burn marks on him, and they're just like, "Yeah, he was alive. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about it. Don't even don't think about it. Don't think about that." Uh, he um, Rob Lowe is young number two from 1969. Uh, he ha- he worked on his impression because he was dating. He dated one of Robert Ragnar's daughters, so uh, <laughs> he tried to perfect that pretty easy. Well, apparently, like he just did it for Mike Myers at a golf course, and then Myers was like, "Fuck, you're in the movie!" Like he sent like Rob Lowe a script like two weeks later, and it said young. Uh, number two, played by Rob Lowe, and Rob Lowe's like, "I guess I'm in the next Austin Powers movie." Wow. That's pretty cool. It just blows my mind how many movies Rob Lowe's in of a Mike Myers. He's in Wayne's World. He was, oh, yeah. he was originally in the first Austin Bowes cut. Um, literally in almost any movie with <laughs> Rob Lowe. Is there any jokes in this in movie you guys didn't notice in your earlier watchings as a child and then picked up? I didn't catch viewing? anything, but I'll be honest. I didn't watch this one quite. Like, I wasn't quite as locked in as I was rewatching the first one. Like, yeah, I, I didn't notice any, like, background stuff like I did with the first one. Uh, that's a good question. How how did we watch this one? Like, how, how attentive were we? I was, was tired. Yeah. It had been a long day. Oh, so, yeah. like, I really enjoyed it, but I was tired. Yeah, I, I think I watched it. I've seen, I think the phone came out a few times while I was watching this one. Was, I'll be honest, was, I had just finished watching and finishing a different podcast. <laughs> so then going into was, that one, I was like, oh, I'm so tired. It just, it just felt like work. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, nice. It was still great, though. Yeah, this one's good. It was, uh, I, I feel like I almost, I debated in my head, like, if it would have been funny if I just didn't watch it and just went off memory because I've seen this one so many times. I thought about doing that for both of the movies because I have <laughs> I have watched these so recently, but I'm like, uh-huh. ah, I feel like that's like it's cheating. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like half assing well, it. Well, because I could have just like I'll bet I could do like a five minute recap on YouTube. <laughs> uh, one of the things I one of the jokes for me was the one about if uh, Mini Me died, about yeah. how there'd just be a ten minutes of him mm-hmm. being a wreck and then he'd just move on. That was such a good <laughs> bit. Get the hook. Oh yeah, the hook. I liked the the one joke I didn't. I don't know why I didn't pick it up. Maybe it's because I'd never paid attention to the wordplay, but the you could say his fez is familiar and they're with the numbered with the Will Ferrell falling off the cliff. Uh. And I was like, oh, fez and face. That's kind of close. And I never, ever put that two together when I was younger and watching that. So that was kind of that was kind of funny to realize that. that just nice little small joke. Didn't remember it. Uh, I mean, I remembered the bit with like her reaching in Austin's, appearing to reach in Austin's ass, but like oh, it the was tent shadows. It was still so the, fucking. The tent shadow funny. scene was hilarious. So fucking funny. Why do you have a, a gerbil in there? Let's not talk about that. Also, not a fucking gerbil. Like clearly, like a mouse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that that was a good like. I don't know. Old, that was like an, another old timey joke. The, the the tent silhouette thing. That 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 that, that shit's timeless. I, I like that. I like that that style of humor. Uh, the updated version, longer version of the dick jokes of the big boy flying through yeah. the air and them. Oh, what is that? That's a big. 
Wang, pay attention. Yeah, or Woody Harrelson. Now, I've seen bigger. I've seen bigger. <laughs> the Woody Harrelson bit was yeah. probably my favorite. What the hell was he wearing? Oh, the and his, his outfit, too, I think he was just being joke. that, like, out there Hollywood person. He was just being Woody Harrelson, <laughs> which, which all I right, All right, all right, all right. That's not Woody Harrelson. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll stick with that. Yeah. In a fake movie experts canon. Uh, no, we literally just watched a movie with Matthew yeah, McConaughey. Woody Harrelson was in Fool's Gold. I don't know if you knew this. He wasn't. Okay. And he's in um, Mud also. I haven't watched Mud yet. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> if you, I don't know if you've ever seen Interstellar, Woody Harrelson's pretty good in it. Yeah. Main guy. Good guy. <laughs> you know what I really uh, liked Matthew McConaughey in? 2012. Oh. Over, over, we're reversing it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> like, there you caught on, this, buddy. This, this joke isn't funny. I don't understand what you're doing. Here. <laughs> I was, I was going to say Zombieland. But... <laughs> oh yeah, he's great in Zombieland. Um, I love the fact that number two is now Daisy confused. What about it? <laughs> Shut up. What about it? Just saying a movie to try and get in on the joke. Yeah, uh, uh, number two is running the Starbucks game. Oh, oh yeah. God, the Starbucks thing was so funny. What would it be now? Oh, the equivalent? Would it be Amazon? It'd be Amazon. Would they be Amazon? Yeah. Yes. I was thinking it'd be a little smaller. No, be a, no, Starbucks in 99, it was, it was a big, big, big deal. but it was still small. But what, I know, think it'd no, be Amazon now. No, you know what it would be? It'd be Airbnb. No, it'd be Tesla. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Elon Musk gives off a lot of Dr. Evil vibes. Yeah. The fact, not, as much as, not as much as Bezos. Th- it literally flew in a dick-shaped ship. No, that was, that was Bezos. That was Bezos. That was Bezos. Oh, that was Be- Musk went also wants to do it. That yeah. Time. yeah. Uh, <laughs> the fact that <laughs> number two is just like, hey, listen, if we just do this, this, and this, and this, we're going to make trillions of dollars. And Dr. <laughs> Evil's like, I want nothing to do about that. I want to take over the world. Don't tell me what to do. Dude, that bit when they went back in time and he asked for $100 billion and they oh, just started yeah. laughing. They don't even have that amount of money. Well, this is what will happen to you if you don't obey by my demands and they show uh, Independence Day. Yeah. That's a, f- a clip from Dude, the film Independence Day. that whole Day. bit, though, where he was just saying things like from the 90s or 80s. Talk to the hand because the face ain't listening. What <laughs> hand? And Seth, Seth Green's just like, you're an idiot. It's just, oh, fuck. I don't. The one thing I didn't like was I feel like they toned down uh, Doctor Evil's makeup for this. Like it looked more like Mike Myers oh, to yeah. me this time. They did because the fact that uh, if you look at his scar on and one, his scar to, from his eye to his cheek is like more prominent and <laughs> darker. And this one, they like matched it in with his his white toned skin to be like. It's there, but it's, you know. Because, like, when I was younger, anymore. I'll be honest, when I was younger, I never realized that Mike Myers played Dr. Evil as well. Oh, wow. Because, like, I just never paid close enough attention just, to oh, care. It, it's just Dr. Evil. But, like, it was very, like, it's very clearly Mike Myers. Like, I mean, now it's clearly in both, but, like, mm-hmm. it just looks way more Mike Myers than it does in the first one. Well, he plays three roles this time, as he plays one fat bastard in this one. <laughs> Uh, there's rumors that he had to sit in a chair for seven hours, but really it was two and a half hours to get that suit on. I'm surprised get I could my do that, belly. that quickly. I want my baby back, baby, baby back. Ribs. Also, you could argue he played four roles in this movie as he played past and future Austin. Oh, yeah. That, the, those jokes were good. I like when he gets he interrupts. The threesome, or the interrupt, he's like tries to start a threesome with himself. Chili, no. baby, back <laughs> doesn't try to start. Keith, Does. it is very implied oh, yeah. that they had because uh, they just do it. <laughs> uh, one thing I didn't get growing up and then watching it this time around was when Austin goes back in time for like 10 minutes, and then he instead of like it's just funny because instead of going to go help Vanessa, he goes and tells Austin, Go help Vanessa, and I'll <laughs> go do this. And then Austin shoots at everyone, and he just <laughs> side by side with, with a miming, like, boom, you're dead, you're dead, you're like dead. That. Yeah, Fat Bastard, the introduction. God, he was so gross. Get in my belly. Uh, what, what will you give me for the baby? Like, I'm trying to construct my like critique of this movie, and I thought that they, they were trying a little hard to like come up with the slogans that people would say in break rooms a little bit in this one. So they were laying on the they were laying on the the joke they were laying on the like repeatable jokes. To be honest though, thing. they nailed a lot of them. Oh, most of them hit. Baby back Absolutely. ribs. I still say that now. Chili, yeah. Chili. I, I do the Wang pay attention. Yeah, Wang pay attention is still part of my vocabulary. Like, Wang pay attention. 
like get in my belly. I still think a lot. I try not to say it out loud because it's kind of not cool to do Austin Powers jokes. Well, because we're old now. Because <laughs> yeah. it'd be like, okay, millennial. Okay, speaking of being old, I remember when I was, the first couple times I saw this when I was young, I had no idea what I'm late, I'm late meant when, with the frow talking. Oh, it was like, <laughs> I'm late. And I was like, what? what did, was you really, did you really not understand that? I mean, I did. After, I'm, yeah, last night when I watched this, I was like. <laughs> I can uh, understand that last <laughs> night. You, wanted, you didn't understand that when you were like 13? No, didn't get no. it. No. Did you not pay attention in anatomy class? No. Nope. Didn't uh, take one. Okay. We watched that, um, like that John Hughes movie about the like high school chick that gets pregnant. <laughs> um, I don't think it was John Hughes, but it was John Hughes esque. I don't know. Yeah, what? Molly Ma- Ringwald was in it, and she got knocked up. It's it's possible. I'm totally making. You're this making movie it up because she the high school movie she did was Pretty in Pink, and um, are you thinking about Juno? No, which is not definitely Juno. not Molly Ringwald. No, it was older than Juno. Um, Pretty Pink and Breakfast Club. I have a very clear memory of watching this like 80s romantic comedy movie drama thing in sex ed class. Mm-hmm. Was it Stepmom? No, I also watched that last night. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> yeah, she got stuck in a dryer. Hell yes, you did. <laughs> you, I think you are like 30% of the reason that fucking bullshit exists still. Yeah, well, there's nothing wrong with it, so I don't know what you're yeah, talking about. Yeah, there's feet. She and, got uh, stuck in the dishwasher in the dryer <laughs> and needed help out. So, so yeah. like, hey, mom. All so right. you stuck it in her butt. Yep. Yep. Um, one of the scenes I did not like because I felt like it went way too long this time around was the Austin mini me fight on on the uh, Death Star. Yep. That went way too long. The back, maybe it's because I was kind of tired and was it felt like started to feel like work a little bit <laughs> watching it. I was like, God, this movie is not going to end. <laughs> like the back, like the the back half of the third act was kind of slow for me, a little bit in this one. It was like there's still like the time travel thing. It's a good joke, but like, come on. Yeah, and I think that's why I'm kind of like not looking forward now to the third one. Is yeah. I really don't like the time travel aspect. And like I just just saw it so it's gonna not be fun <laughs> it's gonna be a slog it's gonna be a slog getting through the next one <laughs> but like yeah like for the, for the thing of the the fight between mini me and them at, it went it like five minutes I, I was planning on going to go back in time and time it and how does he crap them out oh that was see i like that joke once again it's just don't think too much about it like so much of this movie, just don't like, think too much about it. I think good a good comedy. Look, I'm I'm gonna try to step into comedy writer shoes here. Okay. I think a good comedy bit would have been if they just when they throw Mini Me into the pole. I love that scene. And it was so, good. so if if the fight would have just been two seconds long and just him throwing him when, when Mini Me jumps on him and like bites him like Austin just chucks it like fuck you and just chucks yeah, him into the pole and, like, and it just continues on. There it is. That was it. But then he's like, oh look, he looks like a dead dog. Yeah. See, I kind of like I liked the fight scene personally. I thought it was funny. I just I really liked Mini Me through the entire movie. I thought Mini Me was really good. <laughs> they spray him with water. <laughs> they spray was... him with water. Doctor Evil. There's a problem with Mini Me. He's a biter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's going to kill me next chance he gets. Yeah, probably. probably. <laughs> Will he? Will he, Scott? Yeah. Oh, and there was there was some more, like, they always kill it with the round. I think that's when they do their best jokes is when they're around the table in the Dr. Oh, Evil room. Yeah. So there was, like, the when he turns his chair, yes, really. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and he keeps going back and forth. That, that bit is so good. <laughs> or the... That's what, like, I think that actually makes the bit then in the Death Star even funnier when the chair breaks. Yeah. Like, that just, the beginning, the lead up from that early on like to then an later. hour build up. That's just so <laughs> fucking funny. Oh, yeah, I loved it. Yeah, there was some good, just, like, little tiny little British jokes in it. Like, when he says, move, 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 when he's, like, driving that thing. I don't know, I thought, there's just little moments, I like remember the specifics to it but i loved it i really appreciated all the fourth wall breaking in this movie though like when they're mm. driving the car it's like you know what i really appreciate how england in no way looks like southern california yeah, yeah. that was funny uh for where is it there was that uh he makes that scene uh that was spur of the moment and the dialogue was improvised because of the fact when felicity says what when he brings that question up is because he just <laughs> Spur of the moment oh, it again clever. of the uh, 
you know, dialogue or just kind of just <laughs> going with the movie since Dude, he's a... Uh, it has to be so hard to work with Mike Myers at times because he's just doing shit like that and you'd never be prepared or like know when you're supposed to be in character or not. It's uh-huh. so, like you just have to kind of play along with it. I'm so curious like what, like, because Mike Myers doesn't do much, like do many projects. I'm curious like what he does or will do. He showed up in Inglorious Bastards for a minute. I remember that was kind of a big he deal. He showed up in um, Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, uh, that's right. He was I still a producer. Need to watch that. Yeah, he was in that movie for a minute. He makes a. F- I, I won't ruin it for Rick because he hasn't watched it. But he makes a funny line in that movie because he's referencing something else. I just. I feel like we got let down that we never got a full pairing movie of Mike Myers and uh, Will Ferrell. Like, yeah, we never got like just a full on movie between the two of them. And I feel like that would have been great. Yeah, they could have they could have killed it. I don't know if you guys have seen the have you seen the Will Ferrell Eurovision movie? Netflix? I haven't yet, but have it not. looks funny. Oh, it's like I was last movie I was complaining about the lack of comedies that exist anymore. That's like my favorite comedy I've watched in the last couple of years. It's just so hard to characterize those things as like <laughs> for me to characterize uh, those things as true movies. Oh, when it goes a, straight to streaming, I'm like, you're basically a made-for-TV movie, they, even though you have way higher quality than what those used to be. Yeah, an important caveat to uh, Eurovision is that it's not a movie. We, I, I'm sorry if I called it a movie. I mean, it's the equivalent <laughs> of a made-for-TV movie. Yeah, yeah. And Which like, he did do. <laughs> he did a uh, Lifetime movie with him and Kristen Wiig. He did that on a whim. He was just like, yeah. fuck it, I want to do this because I want to do a Lifetime movie. Yep, that's pretty cool. I mean, that's what you can do when you have fuck it money. Oh, yeah. Oh, and the which might be why Myers hasn't done a whole lot because I mean the dude's gotta be fucking loaded. Well, and if he's he's like got the integrity then to like do projects he likes then because well he also <laughs> fucked himself because he did Love Guru and that oh, kind of tanked Love his Guru. career. I wish that had a sequel. I wish because then we could do it. <laughs> uh, I mean, we I, could I, just I, do I, it on the Q version. Yeah, sometime. I can tell you that uh, one of the other guys that does the show, uh, Devin, that's one of his favorite movies. That's I, that, kid, I kid you not. I respect that take. He continually comes up with takes that just blow my mind. Mariska Hargitay. Mariska Hargitay. Oh, and I've, I've I've got one more line I have to throw out there that just lives in my head rent free since mm. I saw it. Is that try the hot pockets? They're breathtaking. Oh, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I died. I I, that, I was like, so that's why we talked about hot pockets for like our entire adolescence. Yeah, try the hot pockets. Try the hot they're, pockets. they're breathtaking. <laughs> Because I feel like we used that line for a long time. Yeah, like I'll I'll describe any to describe a food as breathtaking. I was going to (laughs) show. I was going to send you guys a meme of uh, hot pockets, and it's like someone taking a bite out of the corner to get the uh, like like let the the heat heat out, out, and then like someone's like, "You're a bitch if you do that." You just gotta like (laughs) throw the hot pocket in, you know, and and embrace your inner dragon by uh, melt your mouth. Yeah. No, we just. I'm going to break the fourth wall of the podcast here and say that Joe's cats are being super adorable right now. I just had to throw that out there. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's just a. I find it weird whenever you stop to talk about Joe's pussies, but. Yeah, Joe's Joe's fucking just big old labias hanging out of his cargo shorts right now. (laughs) And I can see it and I can smell it. (laughs) And it's cool. Ew. Anyways, Austin Powers, the. By who shagged shagged me. me. I also learned (laughs) spectacles, testicles, wallet, and watch. I learned how to do the cross from Austin Powers. Spectacles, testicles, wallet, and watch is definitely from this movie. And I still still think that in my head a lot before I leave the house. No, (laughs) seriously. It's like, okay, uh what do I need? Uh, I love I love the one of the scenes of when Fat Bastard meets Minnie Minnie wants to buy him off him. (laughs) Keep your money. Keep your money. (laughs) Give me the baby. baby. I've... I have had bigger chunks of corn in my crap bigger than him. Well, it's such a funny like like addition to that character because he's clearly not new to eating babies. Well, no, <laughs> so remember when like... they fucking show him in Felicity during the movie? He fucking pulls up a baby bottle at uh-huh. one point. You're like, <laughs> what? In fact, Bastard is just like a crazy serial killer. Give me the baby. <laughs> I love Fat Bastard. He's so funny. Does he uh, help the movie? Yeah, I think that, I mean, we're going to get to it later, but... Well, on, let's get to it now. On the whole, like, this movie is worse than the first one. Like, objectively worse. But, but still good. But the jokes, I think, are often better in this one. Like, yeah, I think the jokes are better, but yeah. I think the movie overall, 
like I'm with you, Keith. Growing yeah. up, this was number one in my, and it's because to me of Fat Bastard. Yeah, yeah. See, I've never been the biggest Fat Bastard guy. I mean, the, I, I think he's just uh, too gross for me, and I don't like gross stuff. Well, and that joke like doesn't play as well to a 2021 eyes because it's just like he's funny because he's fat, and that's just like. That's, I mean, that's kind of the to depth. me. He yeah. kind of plays into the same comedy that was like Ren and Stimpy, and I never really liked Ren and Stimpy. I was never big on Rocco's Modern Life, mm. and like that's peak comedy for you. So like yeah. he plays into the comedy you <laughs> that's love. As advanced as it gets for me. <laughs> I mean, that that's not to say it's lowbrow yeah. comedy because like people look at Ren and Stimpy and Rocco's Modern Life and think it's lowbrow or idiots because there's actually a lot of highbrow comedy in those shows. Oh, and yeah, and the art to it. Uh, one of the funny things about the storylines in this movie is the idea of um, when Doctor Evil gets uh, Mini Me, Scott's is out the fucking door. Like he doesn't remember, no Scott's there. Like, oh, <laughs> you're there. Oh, okay. You know, <laughs> take care of my special boy. <laughs> my special boy. Oh God, that just reminded me of the Springer thing when he was talking to Scott, and he's <laughs> just like, "You're not really evil." You're quasi evil. You're diet pet. diet cook. Yeah. Just one calorie of evil. <laughs> it was Even so enough. good. See, I, I've come around to where he was funnier as Doctor Evil in this movie, but I still preferred the performance of Doctor Evil from the first movie. Like the jokes in this one for Doctor Evil were way better. I like it when he shoots the hoop, <laughs> which was, I believe, yeah. that's he like. He just did that, and they kept it in the movie. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. That's like, he cool. wasn't supposed to make it, and then he just did. And then let's talk about what one of my favorite scenes of the entire movie, though, is doing Will Smith's Just the Two of Us. Oh, the musical number. You and I. I like the music, the overly, like, the overly involved musical number. And, and is, was it this one with the What If God Was One of Us? Blue, blah, blue, blah, 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 blah. That, that lives in my head rent free. Blah, 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 blah. Like, like whenever I think about that song, I was. Yeah. <laughs> blue, 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 blue. <laughs> blah, blah, blue. Yeah. I think the musical performances were better in this one. Oh, easily. I To me, two has the best musical performance. Now, that said, three has, like, that. I think it's in the opening of the movie when we get to it is a stupendous musical act in the prison, but yep. Mike Myers oddly good at rapping. Well, and he loves, I like that. He likes doing like, cause he, he seems like a big, like a theater nerd kind of guy. So he's like always down to do a ridiculous musical number. So that's kind of cool. I appreciate that about Mike Myers. And just coming up with his own lyrics for just the two of us. Uh-huh. <laughs> Mini me, you complete me. He was me. evil. <laughs> <laughs> when, when foul told me about you, I didn't <laughs> believe it. Um, uh, yeah, you know, I think to me, I think two has the best musical um, as well. We're, we're, we're talking a little bit more about that when we do the rankings. Um, any scenes you guys did not like? I know, Rick. Before we get to the scenes I don't like, let's talk about the number one scene in the entire movie. The biggest return for the movie, Mr. Burke Bacharach. <laughs> <laughs> when that came on, I was like, oh, no, Joe's going to be. But he didn't really sing. So like. Because Al- Elvis Costello did all the singing, and I didn't really like this song as much as I liked. You hate to see it. Oh, man. I like this what? song more. Really? I love... No, I like What the World Needs Now. Yeah, I, I love know. that. What the world? Yeah. Ki- I love that. <laughs> one, one of the funny things is the idea of how they do the time travel in this movie. That Dr. Evil has like the spinning little Stargate. Uh-huh. And my Boston Powers uses like a bead, uh, a bug. When, and that was like when they were new. They yeah. were super trendy when that this was, was going on. Yeah, the bug was the trendy part when ninety when the Beetle uh, came out in ninety nine. That's when the, like a slug bug came and all that stuff. And well, that's when slug bug returned. Yep, because that was around for the original Beatles back in the day. God, that that. It was funny when this movie came out. The new Beetle was such a big deal, so it, it, just, it made perfect sense that this was. It was like a. It was like a character in the movie. That car. That was like the hipster car. Like everyone. Uh-huh. Like it kind of. It was what the fucking electric Toyota car, the Prius. Like everyone who thought they were too cool had a Beetle, or wanted one. <laughs> it was, yeah, just a weird purchase for folks with too much money. What you didn't want one. No, I think they're they're probably cool now. Like I'll bet it'd be cool now to have one. I don't think that's true. 
Because now it's ironic. I always wanted the Jetta, just like my mom had, because it had a nice engine that was fun to drive. Yeah, I was. I, I, my car's too sensible. You're too sensible. <laughs> Screw you, man. That's not true. You just spent another six hundred dollars on a video game system. Uh, yeah. yeah imp- important news for the for for fake movie heads out there. I'm the proud owner of an Xbox Series X now. So that's just got to put that out energy out in the world. It's here. I'll I'll give you my address so you can come to my house if we can no, play. No, you gotta give them your gamer tag, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little scary to think how in this pandemic-filled, slightly down economy year, how much money we have spent on things like systems, like golf clubs. Yeah, I mean, re- like golfing. Like, yeah, retail therapy is a uh, is, is important. We've done it's a lot of now. that this year. <laughs> how we're doing an entire podcast where we've literally dropped like. For blue or Blu-ray for 4K packages of movies we already owned, <laughs> and some of us just take the old movies and watch them that way. Oh yeah, yeah. All the uh, uh, podcast lore master here, uh, Joe, has been gracious enough to pass me off his Blu-ray versions because they were trash to him. Yep, <laughs> they're beneath me now. <laughs> I mean, you bought a 4K TV this year. Use the 4K. I know, but I think for for Goldmember, I'm going to try to dig up my old DVD to watch it that way. It probably won't look that much different. I don't think they up these for Netflix. <laughs> no. Uh, there was two vari- uh, variations of the poster for this movie. Uh, one of them had an asterisk put in the middle of the, of the, of the offending word of shag. Other posters had uh, had named the film after Austin Powers 2. According to the Collins English Dictionary, they used shag in the film Title helped the increase of the word acceptability, reducing the shock value, oh and giving it a more uh, relaxed uh, connotation. That's the most boring thing I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Singapore considered title change uh, a title change to the spy who shayoked me. Shayok derives that sounds from way dirty. Malloy world uh, means to feel good. Huh. The spy who f- filled uh, made me feel good. Uh, scenes you guys did not like. I had talked about how all the mini, to me the mini me and Austin fight went way too long. I, there's nothing that jumps out to me. Like again, like I could maybe try and dig and pick something, but for the most part, like these movies are so complete. Like it's hard to find something that's outright terrible. I didn't enjoy upon my second watch. I didn't enjoy the chemistry between Austin and Felicity. I didn't think they like. I didn't think they got along. Really, I thought they were fine. Because I don't know. They all, all they did was just like horny slogans to each other in my mind. So that was like, that kind of that got a little old to me. Man, so, you'd get really annoyed hanging out with my wife and I. <laughs> it's a bunch of horny slogans. Yeah, there's a lot of that. <laughs> but you know, but I thought Vanessa like Vanessa ran through like the rom com little arc thing where she felt betrayed with the cheating. And that, I thought that was kind of that was kind of fun in the first one. Vanessa tamed Austin. Yeah, and yeah, yeah uh, and Austin needs a boat anchor. Yeah, she got anchored. However, with Felicity, she just went with it. In my mind. Well, but to remember, because you got to remember, for her, she's from the '60s. Her only memory of Austin Powers yeah. is the free loving, wants to fuck anything and everything that moves. Well, and she did that. I just did what you would do. Yeah, <laughs> with, the, with the fat bastard. Which he, I mean, to again to what she knows of Austin Powers, mm-hmm. that's true. Oh yeah. No, I said. I mean, it's a it's a small complaint. It didn't like ruin the character for me. I just thought that compared to the first one, like I much prefer Vanessa. I mean, I agree. This to time that. around, I agree. This time around, but in '99, it was um, Heather Graham for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Keith, did you have any scenes you didn't like? You're talking. You just said you didn't like the. I mean, I was, I was trying to like think the, of, uh, like, as I was thinking of the scenes, I was trying to, I don't think I have one. Maybe the, like, the fight, the, we already talked about the fight at the end. That was a little slow for me. I'd, I'll well, probably you, steal that one from you. You did say, you, well, you didn't like the fight final, like, 15 minutes because it felt like a job for you. Yeah, it just, it drug a little bit. It was, uh... The first, like, the, I, I, I like the parts where they kept on interrupting stuff with parties. Like they threw the they had the party in the apartment that was pretty at good. at the end yeah so yeah no I mean this it's hard to gauge because I've seen it so many times like I can't 
differentiate between scenes I don't like and scenes I'm tired of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was kind of what I was trying to. That was what I was struggling with. Maybe if you get another shot of the rocks, Tequila, you might. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that might right. change your mind, yeah. <laughs> Dear Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Um, for me, the. I don't know. There, there. To me, there were some more, more dull parts. The scene of like the montage of them uh, uh, shopping and that when they bring up Costello and all that. Mm-hmm. That's kind of more dull. But that is once again a p like another version of when Vanessa and him from one do the Vegas Strip, and it's them. Uh, well, and the Vegas Strip one was so much better. Like the the montage when they're going through and. Like going through all the casinos and the big parties there. Well, I mean, it had the best song. That's true. It's a good song. Um, but I this movie, you know, once again, it's one of these movies that there's not a whole lot to nitpick from, but it's good. Yeah, it just kind of is to me. It's it, like this. <laughs> it's really good, but after what with watching them back to back, it just isn't as good. Yeah, and yeah, no, that's a fantastic point because I've we're. Like, just seeing Austin Powers 1 need to, like, to, like, see this movie, like, pretty quickly along with it. It's kind of exhausting. Austin, you should only take in Austin Powers about 90 minutes every six months. Uh, that's what they did with this one. <laughs> uh, I like, I, one that's, where I'm just looking up stuff is the scene of what uh, Dr. Evil is going to call his Death Star. I mean, call it the Alan Parsons Project uh-huh. or Preparation H. Feels good, doesn't it? Keep oh yeah, it feels good on the whole. <laughs> <laughs> on the whole, it feels good. Uh, but hmm. anything to, else? No, I think I just uh, I'm, I'm pretty proud of my point there that back yeah. to back to back Austin Powers is going to be difficult, and I think it's going to taint my review. Speaking of taints, my review of Goldmember. I think it's going to give you a more true review because Goldmember. <laughs> yeah. Like I when I rewatched this like half a decade ago, like I said, like uh-huh. I ended up liking Goldmember more than I because re- I hated Goldmember originally. Yep, me too. I thought Goldmember was trash level bad. Well, and I remember in my fairly recent watch of Goldmember, I was watching it through the eyes of myself, thinking that there's like no comedy movies anymore. So it was refreshing to me to watch Goldmember, where it's just a bunch of jokes for no reason, and it was like kind of a cheap movie. Or somewhat cheap movie, yeah. just filled with jokes and filled with humor, when that doesn't seem to be around as much anymore. So I was like, "Oh, this is fun as hell to just watch a comedy movie." I'm like, I'm laughing. I was like laughing every five minutes watching it. So I'm, it felt good that you know what we like we discussed in the first one, the fact that you that this movie is a comedy and you don't have to feel bad for yeah, you know, <laughs> no cancel culture. Well, yeah. Once again, like there's nothing about it that's overtly offensive. Like there's stuff you couldn't get away with probably anymore. But there's still nothing in it that's overtly offensive. Yeah, like ev- everyone's kind of horny. Like everyone, yeah. Speaking of horny, Keith, uh, your horny level in this oh, one. Oh, on this this movie, I think it's probably a little more horny than the first one. I mean, they basically talk about fucking like the entire time. And Keith does love a good fat bastard fuck. So yeah, and the the probe in his butt. Yeah, they were like they referenced like butt poking stuff. That's pretty horny. Is that horny? Yeah, it's it's pronounced horny. Hornet, so. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, it's a it's a it's a seventy three on the horny scale. All right, so Keith, as uh, you need to look up, see the death of the ghost of one Robert yeah. Ebert's review. This, it's a uh, Roger Ebert. Oh he, snap! You got it ready. Yeah, I, I I got it right now. Okay, Roger Ebert. He uh, clawed his way out of uh, his earthen bed. No, he was just fully alive. It's nineteen ninety nine. No, no, he's dead then too. Shrambled his way out to the Chicago Tribune, <laughs> got is. on a typewriter, and uh, clanked. You have a bad grasp of time. <laughs> clanked, clanked this review out. <laughs> yeah, it's just swiped the thingy over to the left. So, uh, yeah, Roger Ebert gave this movie a 2.5 out of four stars. And the last one, if I remember, got he gave him three. So he liked the last one more. So, let's see if I can dig up a cool paragraph here for us. There are some big laughs in Austin Powers' Spy Academy, but they're separated by uncertain passages of noodling. You can sense it when comedians know they have dead aim and are zeroing in for the kill. You can also sense it when they don't trust their material. The first Austin Powers movie bursts with confidence. Mike Myers knew he was onto something. 
This time, too many scenes end on a flat note, like those SNL sketches that run out of steam before they end. SNL cuts to music or commercials. Austin Powers cuts to song and dance interludes. So Damn. In, in Ebert's eyes, they they weren't like a... That's they, super cold and also yeah, like true. pretty pretty dead on. Yeah, oh yeah. No, that, yeah, that makes sense to me. They kind of leaned on they leaned on the interruptions a little more in this one. But yeah, they it's like we said earlier. This for me this time around, I'm like, oh crap, it's just one all over again with a mm-hmm. tweak. Uh, a one star from IMDb from July of 1999. Uh, oh, nice! <laughs> titled "Well Below Average," <laughs> a movie not worth seeing. Truly a waste of scarce resources. A sad commentary on the current state of cinema, and Jesus. perhaps more so on its patrons. The character, the character known as Fat Bastard, is a disgusting character who serves no plot function other than to remind us that uh, we who chose uh, that. The, the, Reminds us that it was we who chose to see this film, and for that, <laughs> we should be punished. Oh my goodness. Jesus, that's a bit much. <laughs> like, I'm not the biggest fan of Fat Bastard, but goddamn. <laughs> he just, that guy just really, really likes watching, like, Savorite Private Ryan and Schindler's List over and over and over again. <laughs> like, maybe a little bit too much. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, 10 out of 10 here from June of 1999. <laughs> it's Shagadelic, baby. Yeah, oh, behave. That's the title. This uh, is from 1999. Yes, it is. I am a big fan of Austin Powers, the DVD being the first movie I bought when I got my player. Sick. Let me tell you, the sequel does not disappoint. Is a laugh out loud hysterical. A lot more jokes than the first one. A bit raunch- raunchier than the first Was one. Was a lot capitalized or something there? Yes. Okay. Uh, also, but who am I to complain I can't wait for the DVD release. It's groovy, baby. Yeah. This, see, this this guy Did Mike rules. Myers write that? I, I promise that this movie was a lot of people's first DVDs that they ever saw. I guarantee it. Uh, another 10 out of 10, the funniest movie I've seen in a long time from June 12th of 1999. Okay, this movie was mad funny. I swear, see it now. <laughs> oh, my God, I can't stop laughing. This is better than the first one by far. See it today. You die laughing. 10 out of 10. I think someone in the fake movie experts universe should just make a podcast specifically devoted to like comment sections in 1999. That'll be you, buddy. Congratulations. You set yourself up. Ain't no one got time for that. I would love to do that project. (laughs) I mean, come November. That's right. Uh, Anything else, guys? I think I'm shagged out. Yeah, we just fucked for a good while. So, the budget for this movie was $33 million, about double the amount as God, for where 15. where would all of that have gone? To mostly to I guess a lot, there was a lot more green screen in this yeah. one. Uh, domestically, this movie got $206 million. Holy it. shit. Internationally, it got $105 million. So worldwide, it got $312 million. Ten times your budget? Holy fuck. Yep. Wow. So let's go to the box office. Keith's favorite part. Oh, hell yeah. For, 11, for June 11th through 13th of the year, 1999. Coming in at number 10 in its 10th week with $700,000, Never Been Kissed. Oh, wow. We were just talking about that movie two weeks ago. Uh, number nine, at uh, coming number nine in its fifth week with 789000 T with Mussolini. <laughs> Never heard of that, yep. but that sounds depressing. And number eight in its third Oscar week. Oscar bait. Sounds like Oscar it bait. It does. With $1.2 The 13th Floor. Oh, I yep. love that movie. I love that. I love Jim Carrey's run of not doing comedy. What is that movie? That's not a Jim Carrey That's movie. Jim is Carrey that not movie? that? I, no, you're thinking you're of 23. Oh, yeah. I am thinking of 23. 13th Floor was that like Matrixy movie where like they're like, in a building and some of it's not real or something. I never saw it. Uh, 13th Floor. Oh, yeah. A Man Awakens to Discover Bloody Shirt and uh, is a sci-fi thriller. Man, it has a lot of B-rate actors in it. Yep. <laughs> uh, coming in at number seven in the its 11th week with two million... Keith just said it, The Matrix. Oh, that's funny. Ah, yeah, it was, that was an important movie. Coming in number six in its seventh week with 2.7 million, Entrapment. 
Damn, that's a good list of movies. Coming in at number five in its sixth week with 5.4 million, The Mummy. God, great fucking movie. So I'm going to interrupt the list here for a second. and You always do. It's important. I, I, hold on. Yeah, Beyonce had a pretty good music video one time. But um, Greatest music video of all time. In ni- I've, I've, I've for a while argued to myself and occasionally others that 1999 is like the best every year for movies. And I think that Spy Shagged Me adds to that list, and I'm pretty excited it's on that list. Dude, this list is pretty strong so far. Yeah. Uh, coming in at number four in its second week with six million, Instinct. It's a Dennis Hopper, Cuba Gooding Jr. movie. I think I saw that. God, remember Cuba Gooding Jr. <laughs> was like a huge actor? Uh, number three in its third week with 11 million, Notting Hill. Oh, that's a pretty, that's Hugh a big Grant. rom-com. Is that Hugh Grant? Yeah, Hugh that's Grant, a big rom-com. Yeah. Coming in number two in its first week with $17 million, Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me. Okay. When did Hugh Grant's, like, prostitute thing happen? I feel like 98. His number one Star Wars episode one, The Phantom Menace. Was Notting Hill his return? God damn, a two-hour rom-com? Fuck you. That's pretty... That's a bit much. Uh, <laughs> Hugh Grant's scandal was 1995. God damn, I didn't realize that was When he long. cheated on Elizabeth Hurley. Hey, it connects. And it was with, like... <laughs> Was it a transvestite prostitute, or was it just a, just prostitute? a prostitute? Just a prostitute. Although, in the, that's, a, that's, a, that's a very 90s story. <laughs> a prostitute. No one fucking cares about prostitutes, guys. It yeah. should be legalized, if anything. Yeah, just got a, just got a blowjob. So that means coming at number one in its fourth week with $21 million, Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. I hope, I, I hope at least listeners gave me credit for what I said a little minute ago there. I mean, we heard you. <laughs> That, that's okay. Good. Oh, I, I I had to ignore it, Keith. <laughs> Why do you? Are you? Is this how you are at work? Are you this fucking guy at work, always looking for the pat on the head for when you do your job right? Listen, yep. I like gold stars. Okay, I'm so big, I'm a big gold star guy. God, you would have been my most annoying employee. The yeah, if I don't get recognized, fucking like pats on the back, it's like at, at, at department meetings. Hey, let's uh, let's all let's all like notice Keith, what Keith did here. So let's go with the ratings, shall we? So we keep ignoring him. <laughs> so IMDb gave Austin Powers two six point six. Hmm. Why does IMDb hate the Austin Powers movies? Uh, Rotten Tomato. All critics gave Austin uh, this one a fifty two. Top critics gave this a fifty five, and the audience gave it seventy one. I feel like. Someone had to go and dive bomb these ratings. There's no way these movies that are so culturally relevant are rated so poorly. Roger Ebert knows his he his review is like mostly positive. Like and I'm that was two and a half out of four. So yeah. I'm so confused by like even when these movies came out, they were giant hits, and like were to my memory super well regarded. Although, I mean, back then it was like cool when critics, it was like supposed to be cool for critics not to like the movie. That's true. Like that was cool. I feel like that's still kind of like. Now like fucking Ant-Man 2 gets like 88% on Rotten Tomatoes. You leave Ant-Man 2 alone. <laughs> How dare you. If you're going to make fun of an Ant-Man, make fun of the first one. <laughs> so let's go glaze some stars. Star, 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 star. Glazer. Keith, what do you give Awesome oh, Powers? Oh, shit, I'm going first? Of course. Okay. You always go first. <laughs> okay. And if you go, you know. I was doing some quick math here because I totally agree with the Rotten Tomatoes audience score. So I'm going to give it the 3.5. Why did you say like you were going to say another <laughs> yeah, number? Yeah, we had number number after that five. I was, I was trying to make. Like, sure, we only do it in quarter stars. I'm not putting 3. down 3.5. I, I, I was trying to work out 71% in stars out of five. So 3.56, <laughs> got it. It'd be 30, 71. It'd be 35.5. I don't think anyone can know that. I think it's impossible. Okay. Yeah, no one gets that. <laughs> no one understands no that one. math. Okay. That's impossible. Rick? Uh, I still stand that it's a great movie, and it's just a step below the first one. I went four and a quarter. I really liked the Whoa. movie. Even though I was really tired, I well, still thoroughly did, enjoyed it. What did I give uh, the last one? You gave it four and three quarters. 
Oh yeah. Okay. No, I stand by this review. You're three point five six. Got it. Yep. Um, I'm. I will also give mine a three point five six. Put that in the notes, Rick. Put it in the notes. I'm not putting that in the notes. <laughs> Put it in the notes. Hey, if there's a tie between our movies, you know what you can do. We'll have a conversation in the notes. You need to go uh, put in uh, fake movie experts to get twenty five percent off in that notes. Yeah, put in three point five six onto uh, Dwayne the Rock's tequila brand. Yep, and, you and get, uh, you'll get a free ten gallons. Yes, sent directly to your yeah. house. Autographed no by shipping the Rock. charge. Yeah, no so shipping. And a personalized brings, happy birthday message. This yep. brings Austin Powers as Spider Shagged Me at a three point eight around such movies as The World's End. Furious 7. Okay. Furious 7? And Fast 9. <laughs> <laughs> I hated that movie. You really did. You did, but no one else. Joe went four. I went four and a half. I liked that movie. Uh-huh. And then you tanked it with a three. Good, good. I should have gone lower. Um, the Boys, there's a very good chance that unless like we really fucking just absolutely hate Goldmember, that Austin Powers is going to end up being the highest rated. Oh, franchise we've done gold member is pretty like famously bad so i'm excited but i don't know if it's gonna be like a one or two bad we'll find out next week because next week we will be doing the final final austin powers movie it's yeah. the fourth one comes yeah out. baby yeah baby austin powers <laughs> gold member and then we find out next week from one keith what movies will we be doing next how many what type of genre I'm nervous because last year, last time he had to do the Blair Witch movies. You'll love me. I actually really liked doing the Blair Witch trilogy. I found that fun, and it's also yeah. Halloween time, so I wouldn't be it wouldn't be a miss to go back to the scary oh, movie realm. By the time by the time we get the by the time these get released, we won't be in October that long. So it'll just be about a week. You're bad at math, sir. You're wrong. I'm, I'm literally right. looking at the dates in front of me. There'll be like half the month left. So a twofer, Keith. Hey, Find a twofer. I've also decided I'm one of those Halloween in, in September guys. So. Oh, I am too. Yeah. Oh, dude, my entire house is already <laughs> set up in Halloween. Yeah, Halloween's cool. I bought light bulbs that I could change the color yeah. of for the front of my house, so I can make the front of my house purple. Okay, you win. Or no, yeah, they're orange tight. right now. That's super tight. So next week here, we're doing the final one. Austin Powers Gold Member. Uh, you can go to nosoentertainment.com. That's right, nosoentertainment.com to find all of our lovely podcast blogs and everything else that we have on that website. And like always, you can listen to all of our podcasts wherever you listen to your podcasts. You guys want to smoke in a pancake? <laughs>